Welcome to Lakers Carpool. My name's James Brooks. Thanks for joining me this morning on my drive to work. Well, the Lakers did it. They closed out the Blazers, won the series four games to one. We'll be moving on to the second round. They defeated the Blazers 131 to 122 behind huge games from from Anthony Davis, LeBron James. Let's get into it. All right, well, Anthony Davis and LeBron James were the big stories of last night and the Lakers' victory against the Blazers. Anthony Davis with 43 points, LeBron James with 36 points, and they were the first Lakers duo to score 35-plus points in a game since Shaq and Kobe did it in the early 2000s. So Anthony Davis and LeBron James were playing like they were the two best players in the NBA in the world last night offensively. They both shot between 73 and 75 percent from the from uh, from the field which is I mean stunningly amazing um, the team shot 50 50 percent from the field which is which is which is great um, the team shot 80 percent from the free throw line so that's a big thing that we've been watching the last few games that the Lakers had been struggling with and they uh, in this game they really picked it up and then they shot 38% from three, which, you know, isn't isn't the best, but it'll get the job done, especially when you're shooting 50 in the low 50% from the field and shooting well from the free throw line. So, I mean, that was really, that's the story of last night's game was the two best players on the Lakers, the two best players in the game took over the game and won the game and won the series for the Lakers. So... The Blazers just, you know, they they were without uh, Damian Lillard due to his knee injury, um, and they just didn't have an answer for for either of them. Um, and not many teams do, which is which is good, you know. Looking forward in, into the next series and whatnot, like there's not many teams that can win when LeBron and Anthony Davis are playing. Looks like the freeway is closed, so that's fun. One moment, please. All right, I am back. I guess the uh, normal freeway that I take to work was closed for whatever reason, so I had to take a little detour, take one freeway to another freeway, back up to the normal freeway that I get on to get around it so anyways I'm back we were we were talking about how good the Lakers offense was on Saturday night in their closeout win against the Blazers so uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron James both shot in the 70 percent around 70 percent from the field um, which is just unbelievably amazing very efficient um really cool to see them both firing on both just just see them both you know because a lot of times with, with stars you'll get one guy will score if one guy's scoring 40 points then the other star probably isn't he's probably scoring around 20 points if he's playing a good game so to see LeBron get to 36 
Anthony Davis getting the 40s. Um, and LeBron James had a triple-double. He had 36, 10 rebounds and 10 assists, which just amazing. Um, Anthony Davis, I think he had like nine rebounds, four assists, so still really good game for him. Um, and then the next the, the next high scorer again on the team was uh, KCP. So the Lakers really did a good job in this series of turning things around from game one. Um, they did a great job of, you know, they struggled offensively uh, in the in the seeding games, and I and I know they weren't trying super super hard necessarily, but they were they were definitely struggling. They weren't hitting shots. They were missing a lot of open shots, and those struggles kind of transferred into game one of this series, um, where they just were abysmal from all sorts everywhere on the offensive floor. They're just awful, um, but they did a great job of turning things around. Really, like I don't know what it was it getting shots up in practice was it just focusing more I don't you know I don't know what it was that they did but they really did a good job of turning things around um especially from the offensive side of things like they really and like maybe it's funny because when the Lakers lost game one and they were playing terrible offensively everyone's like oh I told you so I told you the Lakers aren't the same team the Lakers are a bad team the Lakers are gonna lose to the Blazers in the first round if the Blazers make the first round watch out Lakers you know that's what everyone was saying but it's possible that game one was just like a uncharacteristically bad game for the Lakers and we were just kind of tricked into it because the Lakers have been playing bad in the seeding games um because like KCP went 0 for 9 played terribly um but turned things around you know like he's turned things around and like he's always he's been in most of these games, he's been the third highest scoring player on the team for the Lakers. So, um, you know, it could have just been an uncharacteristic, uncharacteristically bad night for the Lakers. And I think that's really what it was because even on the, on the defensive end, they, they were playing really well. They held the, or the Blazers to 100 points, which up until that point, they had been red hot, scoring well into the 120s, 130s. So I think looking back on it game one was just an uncharacteristically bad game for the Lakers they just kind of had to get it out of their system they did and they've pretty much hadn't looked back since then one four one four games straight and none of the games were really all that close last night's game there was some points where you know the Blazers led um they got a lead their lead got up to I, I want to say it was around like seven or so points um but the Lakers never really seemed too bothered by it. They, they, I think they kind of knew that the Blazers without Dame just weren't going to be the same team and that they could put them down if they needed to because uh, C.J. McCollum still had 36 points. Um, Carmelo Anthony finally had a high-scoring game with 20, I think it was like 22 or 20 or so points. So... Um, they were getting the Blazers' offense was definitely um, was definitely hitting. They were making shots. They were getting to the basket. The Lakers were definitely focusing, I think, more on their offensive the offensive side of the ball. Um, and like without, I think without Damian Lillard, they just weren't. Not that they weren't trying, but they just didn't have to like put in so much of the effort to like stop Damian Lillard. And then also stop CJ McCollum to make sure that they didn't, the Blazers didn't go on a huge run. Because like with Damian Lillard, 
the Blazers can go on, you know, they can go on a huge 16-0 run and really flip the momentum of a game. Whereas, like, I just don't really see that happening for the Blazers without Damian Lillard, and I think that's kind of how the Lakers felt too. They kind of knew that. I think they kind of knew that. Um, they knew that C.J. McCollum and Carmelo Anthony, like, I, they knew they could get points, and that it's important, obviously, to play defense. But the there was definitely a different intensity, which is funny because it was a closeout game. So, like, you would think the Lakers would want to just be shutting down the Blazers, but. They knew they could beat them offensively, um, and they stopped. They stopped the Blazers enough, just enough times to to win the game, and they end up winning by nine. So, really a good game overall. And like, it's just good to see the Lakers play well and win game, win these playoff games without like having to exert a ton of energy. You know, like I'm, the Anthony Davis and LeBron James putting up forty three and thirty six, they're exerting energy in that they're scoring a lot of points on offense and putting up you know between 17 and 20 shots in the game or whatever um but defensively if you don't have to like exert a ton of energy especially defensively it really can save your energy and your legs um for playing offense and for later games so all around great game and great series by the lakers you know i mean it's funny looking back. I saw, I saw, and I shared a video on Twitter yesterday of kind of like a lot of the talking heads, so to speak, in, in sports and basketball, talking about the Lakers and the Blazers and how the Lakers should be scared if the Blazers made it to the first round or made it to the eighth seed, and that you know, obviously Charles Barkley was the big one that everyone was laughing at. That if the Blazers win Game One, they're going to sweep the Lakers. Uh, but you, I mean, we even had like um, Stephen A. Smith. He was the he was well, in the video. He was the most sane one, saying that if uh, that the Blazers, he was like, I'm not going to say the Blazers are going to beat the Lakers, but they could take them to, to seven games. Which, um, especially with how the Lakers played in the first game, is a fair point. But looking back on it now, it just sounds seems silly. Um, same thing with with like Colin Coward. Like those guys those were the people that were saying that the Lakers would lose to the Blazers in round one. Um and a lot of them were saying that they would lose handedly to the Blazers in round one. So it's just funny looking back at how the the Lakers did play very, very bad in game one, but just how they turned it turned it around, um and just played so just it felt efficient. It's kind of like the word I, th- I think of for this series was just they played defense, they got points, and they shot well. The only really the the biggest blemish, it's, it's, the biggest blemish in the games that the Lakers won, in my opinion, was the free throw shooting because that, that really hurt them in what was it? I think game it was game three or four. It was one of the, it was the game where the Lakers they. They didn't. They all. I think they also won that game by like nine or seven or something like that. Um, and they didn't like handedly put the Blazers down. The Lakers were. They let them hang around because they couldn't make their free throws. They shot like forty free throws, but shot sixty percent from the line, um, and just a terrible free throw shooting performance. Um, and then even in the next game, the Lakers came out 
and blew out the Blazers, but still only shot 60, 64% or something like that from the free throw line. So, like, that's definitely the biggest blemish on this series for the Lakers was the free throw shooting. So, it was good to see them in this closeout game. Just great percentages all around offensively. Um, shooting 80% from the free throw line is great. I mean, that's great for a team. It's great for a team that had been shooting 60%. Um, like, it's just to see that improvement and that focus and just, like, wanting to close out the series and do what they can. Um, and, sh- you know, shooting 50% from the line. And then 30 for the Lakers, for them not being – like, the three-point shooting, I would say, overall, is their biggest weakness. Like, the free-throw shooting is, like, a more intricate detail when it comes to, like, a, a playoff series, I think. But the biggest weakness for the Lakers is definitely their three-point shooting. They're just not consistent. You know, you just don't know what you're going to get with um, between Danny Green and KCP and Markeith Morris. Even, like, LeBron... Anthony Davis is probably the most consistent, but between all the three, the guys that shoot three-pointers for the Lakers, you just don't know who you're going to get that night. And, like, if you get one of them, then they're fine. If you get Danny Green to go four for six, or if you get KCP to go three for six or four for seven or something like that, um, then they're going to be fine. But the consistency just isn't there. So... Even for the Lakers shooting 38% from the lot or from the th- from three uh, is especially when their offense was otherwise so efficient and just kind of hitting on all cylinders. Like I'll take that any day. Like that's that's perfect for me. So overall, great series for the Lakers. Great to win four games in a row, close out the Blazers, and be able to move on. Because something also that we have that we kind of talked about earlier before the series was just that the Lakers were kind of at a disadvantage to start this series, the the first series, um, because they didn't know who they were going to play until, well, they were the last team to know who they were going to play because the Blazers and then the Grizzlies had the uh, play-in game. Um, so they had less time to, pre- to prepare and just like both mentally and strategically so I think like it's so I think it's good now that the Lakers have closed out the Blazers they get to take take some time to recoup um, watch how the Rockets Thunder series finishes out and kind of strategize and prep for that series in round two and see what they want to do so again great series from the Lakers great to get our first playoff series victory in what is it probably in like seven or eight years so gotta thank anthony davis lebron james for big performances and closing out the series all right and then let's let's just move forward and discuss what's been going on around the league how the how the nba playoffs is shaping up so starting in the west we have the Lakers just close out the Blazers, obviously, and then we'll be waiting around to kind of see how the rest of the Thunder Rockets matchup, uh, how that series ends up. So the Rockets are currently up in that series three to two, so they have a chance to close that out early this week. 
Um, the Rockets, I think, are the favorite in the series. They are also, I put out a poll on Twitter last night, and the definitely overwhelming majority of Lakers fans would much rather see the Lakers play the Thunder. I agree with that. I'd rather see the Lakers play the Thunder. I think they're the weaker team. So if you're watching that series, definitely root for the Thunder. I, it's definitely, I think it's a little bit of a long shot that the Thunder will win two games in a row and close out the series. But um, crazier things have definitely happened. But, yeah, so the Rockets just got Russell Westbrook back in their last game. He had been out with a leg injury. I think it was like a quad strain or something like that. Um, so they're, the Rockets are more healthy again. So I do expect that they will close out that series and that we the Lakers will see the Rockets in the second round. So, um, and that'll be a, definitely a fun series to look forward to if that if that happens. If not, Lakers Thunder will also be a fun series to look forward to that. So, uh, also in the Western Conference, we had the Clippers. They closed out the Mavericks this weekend. So they are also waiting on uh, the the Jazz and the Nuggets. That game just got uh, pushed to seven games. So Jazz had been up in that series three to one, uh, and then the the Nuggets have won two in a row to force a game seven. So that'll be fun to see how that pans out. I think Clippers fans will be hoping that the Jazz win that game, but the Nuggets have looked pretty weak anyway. So I think either way, I think. Um, the Clippers kind of got lucky with their potential matchup in the second round between both the Jazz and the Nuggets, but that'll be fun to see how that Game 7 pans out. And then in the Eastern Conference, that's solidified. The Bucks will be playing the Heat in the second round, and the Celtics will be playing the Raptors. And the Celtics and Raptors have had one game so far where they just smoked the Raptors. They won by like 20 or 30. So that'll be a fun. That should be a really fun series because I think the the Raptors are the second seed and the Celtics are the third seed. So um, two really good teams going at it against each other. And I think the Heat, the Heat are a uh, a dark horse in the Eastern Conference. I think they could definitely give the Bucks some trouble. They have a lot of good shooting. Jimmy Butler has been playing well. Um, so look out for the Heat to win a couple games to steal some against the Bucks. I think at the end of the day, the Bucks will win that series, but I think it'll be a lot harder of a series than most people might be ready or prepared for. So that'll be really fun um, to watch out for. So the NBA, play- NBA playoffs are really, they're tightening up now. This The first series are getting finished up and we're kind of getting a better idea for what to, uh, to expect and kind of some of the, the better teams getting to play each other. So some fun series coming up. So definitely look out for that. Um, you know, look out for the Bucks. Bucks, he will be fun to watch. Um, Celtics, Raptors for sure will be fun to watch. And then I think the La- I think Lakers, Rap or Lakers, Rockets will be a fun matchup. The Lakers has kind of struggled against the Raptors or God the Rockets. Um, small ball lineup. So it'll be fun to see how the Lakers if they end up playing the Rockets in the second round, how they, um, well, and I think it's funny. What's inter- interesting about that matchup is the games where the games where the Thunder beat the Rockets, have beat the Rockets in the first round of their, their series matchup, the 
the Thunder have done a even smaller ball lineup than the Rockets. They so they kind of were beating the Rockets at their own game, which is really funny. So either way, I could see where the Lakers. Either way, they whether they play the Thunder or the Rockets could be playing against a small ball lineup, the small ball type teams. Because if the Thunder beat the Rock, could beat the Rockets using a small ball lineup, then like why not try it against the Lakers also? So that'll be fun to see how the Lakers match up against that. I think I I think a lot of people think that the Lakers the Lakers best lineup is when Anthony Davis is at the five when he's like the big man on the court just because he has so much more space he can space the floor so well um, so playing in small ball lineups really actually excites me to see Anthony Davis Anthony Davis play in that role um, and like a pick and an Anthony Davis LeBron James pick and roll against a small ball team is is going to be really fun to watch so um, so we'll see how the west of the rest of the Western Conference first round matchups shape up. Um, so it'll be really fun to see. And um, looking forward to the Lakers round two starting this week. And let's just talk about some kind of news going on around the league. Uh, I didn't want to like let this go by without being mentioned in the podcast but um, earlier last week the the NBA had a bit of a um, they kind of took it ended up being like a hiatus or a postponement of the games but it all stemmed from the, the Milwaukee Bucks refusing to play in their uh, it was would have been game five for them against the Magic uh, the Magic had been out warming up ready for the game and the Bucks didn't really show up. It was very much led by the players, from what I heard. Um, or even like the, a lot of the coaches and the Bucks staff didn't even really know what was happening. But the uh, the Bucks decided to not play the game, kind of in protest of the Jacob Blake shooting that took place in uh, Wisconsin. It was a police officer shooting Jake, Jacob Blake, who is a black man, um, in the back seven times. Uh, so the so the Bucks decided to uh, to to refuse to play the game, um, which kind of spurred on a ton of other well both in the NBA and other sports leagues players and teams kind of taking a stand against just playing the games in protest of what happened. Um, so the the Bucks were willing to forfeit the game, the Magic who was their opponent, uh, decided that they would not accept the forfeit. So basically what ended up happening was the NBA postponed all the games and there were some talks about like canceling the rest of the NBA season so that the players could be out of the bubble and kind of with the community and whatnot and helping kind of fight their fight against, uh, police brutality and just protesting for the racial justice and civil rights and those types of things. So it ended up being that the the only two teams that voted in favor of canceling the season were both LA teams, the Clippers and the Lakers. So 
Uh, I hadn't read too much about like the background, uh, like and how that took place, and the reasoning, like why it, it was those two teams. Um, kind of, I don't know, like why or how that kind of why it was only those two teams and why it was both the LA teams and all that stuff. But and anyway, they ended up getting the the NBA and they ended up voting to continue the season, which is why we're still talking about it, why we're still talking about the Lakers win. Um, so, but it was really cool. It was definitely a historic moment, especially in the sports world, to see games, especially NBA playoff games, um, being postponed and not played in protest of things going on in, in America. And it was just cool to see. I think it was like the perfect amount of it was the perfect sense where the players were able, they protested, they made their voices heard, they spurred on a conversation, which is really, the, that's that's the goal of protesting. They spurred on the conversation, and um, and then they decided to keep playing. Because I think, you know, in my opinion, I think that the players, whether it's NBA, MLB, NFL, when you're, when you're playing a professional sport, that's where you that's where your platform comes from and that's where you have the biggest platform is while you're playing that sport when everyone's watching especially in the NBA playoffs like um even more so than like the regular season of, of any uh of any sport so you have so many more eyes on what's going on with the NBA playoffs and that's why you know I think that's why the NBA decided to to add in like the the BLM stuff and the the social justice type wording on the jerseys and whatnot is because you just have so many more people, so many more eyes uh, during the playoffs and whatnot. And so I really think the Lakers, or the Lakers, the, M- the NBA, the players, the teams have such a great platform while they're playing the sport, while everyone's watching and talking about it, that I think it's it was a good decision for them to continue on the season but to take the time to to take a pause from the games, from basketball, um, to spur on a conversation, to make some statements, and to make sure that that we, as fans, and the the rest of the sports world knows where they stand and and can like spur on a conversation within our own communities and whatnot. So, anyways, that's kind of what took place. That's what that's all the news that's taken place um, since my last episode, uh, which is really just a really historic moment in the sports world. So cool to see that, um, and really cool to see the people banding together. You know, I heard about the Bucks that they took the time like during their game they were kind of talking about in the locker room like what they wanted their statement to be and their stand on things and they really took the time they were uh, apparently on the phone with different like legislators and government officials from Wisconsin and in Milwaukee and whatnot um, kind of just like discussing best options and like it's really cool to see that that I think for me like they're not just not only they're not just protesting to like make a statement or to be to do the right thing quote unquote but they're protesting not playing the game and then taking the time to to discuss with the right authorities or officials on the situation 
on like people that can help the situation um because i think with with the players you know they they can they have a great platform to talk about what's going on in the world they have lots of money that they can donate to different organizations to help um but at the end of the day the reason that we vote government officials and and legislators and whatnot into into office is so that they can be the ones that ultimately take the ball or take the you know take the ball into the end zone so to speak like they finish it off and so to see the bucks engaging with those types of people um one like how they can make a change and also like what their kind of stance should be on things it was cool to see it was cool to see that they were kind of just like really having a conversation with everybody um so I think that the yeah I think overall it was a really um meaningful protest really uh just historic and I think it was the perfect amount of you know taking the 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 pause on basketball to kind of have the conversation to spur on the conversation even more but then I don't you know I don't personally I don't view them going back and playing basketball as them as them being like oh well we're done we're playing basketball it's to me it's like they're doing you know they're doing their job and they're they're continuing to to do what has given them the platform to even speak and like spur on a conversation as a whole you know not many people in the world in America can have the platform to like spur on a, a conversation that will go trending on Twitter or you know and, and like the Bucks and the rest of the NBA were able to do that last week so just really cool to see um it'll be you know in, interesting to see all the different how different players and and teams and the NBA because that was another part of the agreement was um the the players want decide that they would keep playing as long as the owners and the NBA continue to make an effort to speak out on the issues at hand um so as long as they kind of keep their end of up end of the bargain up then um the players will probably keep playing and keep holding on to that platform but it still could be possible that if the if they don't see things happening from the owner side of things and the NBA as an organization side of things, then um, they could maybe try and protest again, potentially. But it was also cool to see, I guess, um, Barack Obama and Michael Jordan. Those there, those were a couple guys that were kind of having conversations with the players um, while they were taking the hiatus, so to speak, from the from the playoff games. Um, kind of, and they kind of helped, I think, spur on the the players just to like see what what it was that they really want to get out of the protest um and i think they ultimately helped the players make the decision to keep playing so cool to see michael jordan um kind of bridging the gap between uh you know being an ex-nba player being an nba owner and um being involved in that conversation so anyways that's kind of the news that had been that's that's definitely the big news going around the nba um, last week, so um, just re- overall a really cool moment and uh, really cool to see.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lakers Carpool. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and share it on social media with your friends. You can find the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or most places where you listen to podcasts. Again, thank you so much for listening, and go Lakers!